This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Not long ago, me and the girls uh, were sitting in the living room and uh, we opened the Bible and started reading in 1 John chapter 1. And as we read through it, and I was able to take time to explain the verses, it just stood out to me how powerful it was and how much depth and, and meat and value there was found in just those first 10 verses. Not a whole lot there as far as just 10 verses, but so much application, so much wisdom and uh, so much insight that our world really needs today. So we're going to talk about that this morning. So I want us to kind of pretend that we're sitting around the living room with our feet kicked up and our shoes off, and uh, we have our Bibles out, and we're all kind of discussing what this book, what John meant when he wrote this uh, in 1 John chapter 1. So I want to kind of envision that, that we're just sitting back, bouncing ideas off each other, and trying to come up with the idea that John had in mind when he wrote this. So that's my goal this morning. Uh, Before we get into it, though, let's stop and pray. Let's pray. God, it's our desire this morning to have your word prick us in our hearts, that you will lay us wide open with your word. I pray that your word can transform our minds and our hearts that it can bring about change necessary that we may glorify you. God, may your word be powerful and mighty in our hearts. May it direct our steps and guide us in this life. I pray that uh, you will bless this time together that we can relax and enjoy Feasting upon your word is a great, great meal, far beyond the meal that we will consume later today, that we will feast on the meat of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would turn to uh, 1 John chapter 1, let's open our Bibles together. I'm going to go through and I'm going to read it. And then we're going to go through and we're going to kind of dig in each verse. I'm going to try to provide limited commentary this morning. And, and just, I just pray that God's word has, its, has intense value for us this morning. And less, less upon me and what I say, but may his word truly just find its place in our hearts, I hope, this morning. So we're going to go through and read it first. We're going to take our time, though. 1 John chapter 1, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested or made known to us. 
That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. So John is writing this, that our joy might be full. And in a minute we're fixing to figure out what he's talking about, but... To start us off there, that which was from the beginning, what is he talking about? That which we have heard, that which the apostle John had looked upon and had touched, Jesus, Jesus. And he described him as the word of life. The word of life. And John 1.14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what he's talking about. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John is, as an old man here, he's trying to describe and paint a picture for us of what we have received, knowing that he has seen, he has felt, he has heard Jesus himself, and trying to describe the great value that he is to us. He says the word of life. He is the word of life. In verse 5, this then is the message which we have heard of him. So he says in verse 4 that our joy may be full. That's why he writes these things. This then, this is the message. This is the message that I want you to hear that your joy might be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, then we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. A lot of meat there. And the reason that I, this, these verses stood out to me uh, as we studied them in our living room, was they seem so clear. Right? John, I love the way John writes. He doesn't leave anything up for question. <laughs> right? He says if, in the last verse there that if we say that we have not sinned, then you're calling God a liar. He doesn't mince words, right? I appreciate that about him. His transparency, his honesty, his his uh, just love for, for clarity. 
That's one thing I really like about it. <laughs> the other is that we live in a world that is, you imagine a pendulum swing, right? We've all discussed and thought about how, or maybe even said about somebody that, man, their pendulum has swung far to the right or far to the left. We live in a day and age where, actually not just now, but throughout church history, we see the church uh, or religion has, has swung to the left and it's swung to the right. It, it goes from one extreme to the other a lot of times. And we see that in this world where we have one side that wants to say that we have to be perfect, right? That perfection-based. And you see a lot of Christians, a lot of adults that struggle with this because they don't ever feel like they're truly saved because they're not perfect. So that's one extreme, one, one side of the, the pendulum swing. And the other is that because I believed in Jesus one time or because I said a prayer or whatever the case may be, their pendulum swings this way and says, well, I don't have to do anything and it doesn't really matter how I live because I've already been saved. Has anyone ever heard that before? Had a discussion with somebody like that? What about this far left? Have you ever had a discussion with an adult Christian who fears their salvation? Have you? I have many adults, actually, that have, have had questions about, well, if, if I'm a follower of Christ, then I shouldn't sin. I shouldn't have imperfections in my life. I shouldn't make mistakes. And I want my girls to understand what God has done for us. And John describes it really well here. So now we're going to dive into a little bit and break it down a little bit of John, how John deals with each of these pendulum swings and how he wants, us to, he wants to draw us back to the truth. He wants to draw us back to reality of God's word. Because we don't want people... We want people to have the gift of Jesus Christ, the true gift. And we'll talk more about... We'll get into truth here in just a second. So how does John deal with these two? How does this, where's this correlation? So in verse 5, This then is the message which you have heard, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness. Now I could spend two weeks straight probably giving a lesson on light and how God is light. And we're going to talk about that briefly. But he goes into next, so that's the foundation, is that God is light, and in him is no darkness. Briefly, that means that there is no, you know, in a contract, there's always small writing at the bottom. There is no small writing. There is no hidden meaning. There is no lie or deception or falsehood within him. None. He is light. In him is no darkness. So verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That's interesting. So that, we look at that and we think, some people look at that and think, well, how can I 
then how can I walk with God if there's sin within me? How can I have fellowship with God if, if I make mistakes? Well, John does a great, excellent job of answering that question. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from sin. Now, what's interesting is he doesn't say that there is no sin. He doesn't say that there is a requirement on our lives that we don't ever sin. He says that if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That is... But so many Christians, so many people don't live in that reality, that truth. That we talk about when we become a Christian that our, our sins are forgiven. But what about after that? Are we required to live a life of perfection? No. Paul, John here describes it to us very clearly. Notice that throughout this chapter... Everything is but an if. But an if. But if we walk in the light. So, is walking in the, in the light mean walking without sin? No. It doesn't. And thank God for that. Right? Walking in the light does not mean walking without sin. Because if so, then how could he say in the following verse that the blood of Christ, His Son, will cleanse us from that sin. We can walk in the light, guys, and make mistakes. We can walk in the light and fail at times. It's okay. We have Jesus to cleanse us from that sin. So you might say, well, Dane, that sounds like you're giving off a bit of a license to kind of just do what you want. But John doesn't give that license. If we continue on, he says, But if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That would be this idea of requiring perfection, or saying that I, I am above, kind of like the Pharisees, right? I'm above that. I don't have sin. I am, I am perfectly keeping the law. No. We don't have to put on an air of perfection in order to walk with God, in order to be cleansed from our sins. And I think it's so important that our youth understand that as they grow up. And walking with God does not mean perfection. Don't let anybody ever tell you that. Because John says it right here, that if you walk with God, your sins will be forgiven. If you walk with God, but there is a requirement that we walk with God. There is a requirement that we walk and remain in the light. He goes on. So in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So notice here how he says the truth is not in us. What did he say in verse 6? If we say we have fellowship, or if we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He said the truth again. 
In verse 5, he says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we, we can make a very uh, good comparison or correlation between light and truth here. You can replace light with truth and it is exactly the same. A couple verses to highlight that is uh, Psalms chapter 43, verse 3. So we can interchange light, and I'll read that here in just a second. Psalms 43 and 3, if you want to turn there. But he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. In verse 5, he says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. So God is truth and in him there is no lie. Now interchange, if we walk, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not live according to the light. We don't live in light if we don't live according to the truth. Psalms 43 and 3 says, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto the holy hill and to thy tabernacles. John 3 and 21 says, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. So if you want a description of what walking in the light looks like or what light is, because it's kind of hard for us to envision placing a... I mean, we can look at a flashlight and know that that's light, but what, we're, what he's talking about here is truth. Light and truth are go hand in hand. They're tied together. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what does God want from us? He wants us to acknowledge our sin. He wants us to be willing to acknowledge our failures, our mistakes. You know, light does a lot of things. It makes things visible that we can move around. But in this case, light exposes. If we're walking in the light, if we're walking in the truth of God's word, it exposes our flaws. It exposes our failures. Right? So that we might not want to have them in our lives anymore. That we might want to remove them or pluck them out. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in truth? When you look at God's word and you read what it says for you to do, how to live, how to act, how to talk, are you walking in light? God has made it pretty clear, I think, to us that we can judge for ourselves whether we're walking in light or not. It's not hidden to us.
Examine yourself. I ask, are you walking in the light? Are you confident, for one, that God will forgive you of your sins, your mistakes, your failures? What does it look like to walk in the light? As a Christian today, what does it look like to walk in the light? Well, if you continue on a little further in uh, John chapter, 1 John chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. He recognizes that we will sin. He recognizes our imperfection, our nature, our need for our Savior continually. But he encourages us to not sin, that that light might expose our sin, that we might correct it, that we might want to have a physical change. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He goes on in verse 3 and says, Hereby we know that we know him. How do we know if you're walking in the light? If you keep his commandments. Do you love his commandments? Are his, are his commandments burdensome to you? Are they painful? He says, He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments, he is a liar. The truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. And hereby we know that we are in him. How do we know that we are in Him, guys? It's not difficult. Don't let the world, don't let your own thoughts or emotions lie to you. How do we know that we are in God? John says it right here. Whoso keepeth His word in Him verily is the love of God perfected. Not by being perfect, not by perfection, but by living according to the word of God. You know, I think about the story of the prodigal son a lot, and it, it impacts my heart in a lot of ways. I think about him as he lived at home with his father. Do you think that he was perfect? Do you think he never complained or, or sinned against his parents or, uh, or did wild things that were bad ideas? No, he wasn't perfect, surely, right? But when did he stop? When did, he, when did the change occur? Did he go from perfect to not perfect? No, he left the care and the protection of his father. He left it behind. He, he said, I don't want the light. I want the darkness. See, there's a big difference between sinning. There's a big difference between making a mistake and walking in darkness. And I think a lot of people do not understand that correlation. There's a huge difference, guys. We are not perfect. We rely solely and eternally on the blood of Jesus Christ. Our walk will never be perfect, but if we walk with the word of life, if we walk with the truth of God's word, and we confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us. Don't let the world lie to you one way or the other. Don't let the pendulum swing and get out of hand or out of focus. Turn to the truth of God's word because we see that light is truth. Because see, 
Light exposes falsehoods. It exposes fakeness and, and, and evil. Psalms 119, uh, 130. I'm going to go through a few real quick here, so Brian, you may not be able to keep up with me. <laughs> Psalms 119, 130. What, what is the value of light for us? Why would we want to walk in light? Okay, let's say a non-Christian comes to, me, comes to us and says, well, why would I want to walk in, in according to the light? Why would I want to live this way? Psalms 119, 130 says, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 13, even the great Solomon had this to say about it. He said, Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. It took Solomon a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes, a lot of walking outside of the light to realize that there was much foolishness in folly and that there was great gain walking in the light of God's word and in the truth of it so what value is light John 11 9 through 10 says Jesus answered are there not 12 hours in the day if anyone walks in the day he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world but if anyone walks in the night he stumbles because the light is not in him what is the value of light? You ever, you ever stopped and counted your blessings and, and thought about little things, things that say, say little, but it's not little, but eyesight. Close your eyes. And I tell you what, don't close your eyes yet, Kaylin. <laughs> Thank you for being obedient. Hold on just a second. I tell you what, we should all close our eyes for the rest of the day and see how potluck goes. How about that? You ever thought about just complete blackness? The other night I was tucking Emmy in, which every night I tuck her in, it goes pretty much the same way. Daddy, I'm scared. Daddy, I'm scared. What are you scared of? I'm scared of the dog. <laughs> like, honey, I just, the lights were just on, right? And she could see everything that was there. She could see that there was no danger. There was safety. You know, her room was full of stuffed animals and, and no mean critters or whatever that kids get scared of. But the, the light switch went off, and Daddy, I'm scared. Because in the blackness, in the dark, walking outside of the light, there is unknown, there is danger, there is, I mean, try, try to go run through the woods at night. Just take off running through the woods at night. Derek, you went, where are you at, Derek? He just, oh, there you are. Remember that run that we went on around Alma Lake? Imagine doing that in the dark, right? Snakes, sticks, low branches, rocks, creeks. Just imagine being blind for a second and how difficult it would be to navigate life. People that live without the light of God's word live in a dark world. They live in a world that they can't navigate safely. They live in a world that is full of, of treachery and difficulty. If anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because there is no light with him. What is the value of light? Why is it so important that we walk in the light? 
negatively, it helps us steer away from danger. But positively, it helps us reach out for what God has for us, right? It helps us reach out for good, what God has for us to attain. Darkness is full of threat and danger. When we walk in the light, we can avoid all those things. Just like opening our eyes and, and walking through our house. It seems simple. It seems uh, almost silly simple. But when we get away from God's word, we get away from the light. We get away from the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ, and we find ourselves walking in darkness. Let me give you some worldly wisdom real quick. Here's a quote. If you're looking for truth, as Dorothy says in The Wizard of Oz, you don't have to look any further than your own backyard. There's truly no place like home. Standing in your truth doesn't make you right and someone else wrong. It simply means that you're standing in your truth with awareness. It means following your intuition in your heart. If you look for truth, set your crown to vibrate at truth. Stand grounded in your space. The truth will come out. The truth will find you. It always does. See, that's what the world tells us. Uh, in this article, it was find your truth. Dwayne, have your truth. Honey, have your truth. That doesn't mean that everyone else is, you know, you're right or that person's wrong, but it's okay to have your truth. That is... That is the lie of the world. That is the lie of Satan, that we can have our own truth. The truth, the light, is in God's Word. If we fail to believe that and to live by that, we will walk in darkness. It is only in God's Word. Only in God's Word. I am not the light. You are not the light. Your friends are not the light. Your parents are not the light. We are not the light. The truth of God's word and Jesus Christ is the light. If we get away from that, we find ourselves walking in darkness. Sin does not make us walk in darkness. A mistake does not make us walk in darkness. It's, with, it's when we leave the care and the protection of the Father and we desire darkness and not light. Have you ever thought, how in the world did Adolf Hitler come into power? Have you ever thought about that? How could somebody so cruel and evil become the leader of a great nation? And not just deceive Germany but deceive many, many other countries? Or what about Italy's Mussolini, another pretty rough critter? How did he rise to power? Any idea? They were great speakers. So I'm going to give you a word of caution. This is
Adolf Hitler and Mussolini rose to great power because they were great orators. They were great speakers. They could captivate an audience. They spoke with great power and enthusiasm, with great zeal. But was it truth? Was it light? It deceived the, almost in the entirety of Germany to, we know the, the tremendous things that they did. What about Mussolini? What, you know, he was a journalist. He was good with words. He later moved to radio and was able to reach a bigger audience speaking on the radio. What is my point? There are going to be a lot of people, a lot of things out there that try to sell itself as the light that are not the light. It's simple. It's very simple. John said it, the word of life. He was describing Jesus Christ. Anything outside of Jesus Christ and his word is a fake light. And I'll tell you how I know that. 2 Corinthians 11, Paul writes, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 through 15, he writes, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the great thing, uh, sorry, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, listen to this, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He transformed himself into a carrier, a false carrier of the truth and the light. That ought to kind of wake us up and shake us. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. The truth is God's word, and that's it. Not me, not anybody else. It is God's word. And if we get away from that, we will fail. Because anything else will lead us away from Jesus Christ. Everything will lead us away from Jesus Christ. That is exactly Satan's desire. Why would he disguise himself as an angel of light if there wasn't a great benefit in that? He wants to draw us away with other shiny objects. Sometimes he uses Hitler's, Mussolini's. Don't be tricked. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says here, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. So he acknowledges, uh, this is 2 Corinthians 4, 2 through 6. He acknowledges that this is something he has to combat as an apostle. We acknowledge or we renounce disgraceful, underhanded ways, shady things that these people did. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. Paul was dealing with people that were changing God's word in order to draw attention. And he says, we will not be shady, we will not be underhanded, and we will not change God's word for anybody. We will not tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth... The truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded 
the minds of the unbelievers. He has hidden the light. He has taken away the light and deceived because light exposes. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, he has hidden the glory of Christ by blinding them, by taking away the light, by pretending to be the light but drawing them away from the actual light. It is possible that we can be drawn away from the light. And I want us to be really aware of that. It is possible that we can be drawn away from the light. It can happen. We see that sin has that effect on us. Paul warns us of that. He says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we are not the light, but we can shine the light. Let our light so shine before men that they may glorify God, which is in heaven. So we can be bearers of the truth, and we can be bearers of the light, but we are not the light. Don't follow me. Follow God's word. Always follow God's word. John 3, uh, 19 through 20. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Why? Why would you love darkness? Why would you prefer blindness over sight? That's ridiculous, right? Why would you prefer blindness over sight? But we see people do it all the time. They prefer to to walk around in this world suffering, stumbling with misery, but the reason is because that they, their works are evil. When our works are evil, we want to hide them. Right? Sin is done in a closet. It's hidden. It's shameful. And light exposes that. And it's, it can be painful. It can be really hard. That's why I believe we're to speak the truth in love. Because it can be painful. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. I just don't want our youth to be deceived. I don't want you guys to think that they're... I don't, I don't want you to be fooled by the things of this world. I just I don't want to see it happen. Uh, I don't want to see your hearts be, be taken captive and see that you're lied to. If, if you're not walking in the light, let, let the light expose what's in you that needs to be fixed. All of us. Let the light expose the sin that's within us. That which creates that separation from God. Just like Adam and Eve that hid in their shame. We hide in our shame. One really important factor here in 1 John, he mentions it. Uh, in the third verse, that which we have seen, heard, and heard, declare we unto you that this is the part that you also may have fellowship with us, because our fellowship is with the Father. You know, what makes our fellowship, will make it so wonderful, is that we walk in the light together. That will, that's what will make our fellowship sweet. And that we can encourage each other in our sins to confess and to walk in the light together. So, to have fellowship with each other, 
Walking in the light is a requirement. He says that again in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. I want our fellowship to be sweet, to be God-honoring, to be wonderful. And that's why we have to walk in the light together, in the truth of God's word. They are one and the same. Jesus spoke in John chapter 8, and verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. Whosoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have life, the light of life. We want our children, we want the world, we want our spouses to have this light. It's the only thing that matters. It really is. Paul says in Acts 26, 18, he says, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me, to turn them from darkness to light. Why is baptism preached in this church? Why do we talk about it? I believe wholeheartedly, and I believe that if you search the scriptures, that you'll find this to be true. That without it, we can't be part of the light. We have no place in the light. And we have no protection with light. Galatians 3 and 27 says, For as many, as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We don't get to be partakers of the light until we are part of the light. We don't get to be part of the light. We don't get to partake in the light and walk in the light until we are in the light. And that is in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. This is not a Thanksgiving Day message, right? I didn't talk much about giving thanks, but I can't think of anything to be more thankful for than the light of Jesus Christ. Really, nothing else does matter. And I hope that... Don't be fooled. Do not be fooled. Do not let the the philosophies of this life, the, the great orators... A great, you know, oftentimes, I don't know if you listened to the debate between Ken Ham and Bill Nye a few years back. Oh, man, Bill Nye blew him out of the water, so to speak, because, not because Ken Ham's points weren't wonderful, but because Ken Ham's dry. An Australian, I think, and he had, you know, he sounds a little different. But you know what? You know who has been in, 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 who has been in entertaining his entire life? Bill Nye. He was great at speaking. He was great at captivating the audience and drawing them in. It's got to be God's Word. (laughs) Not the speaker. Not the writer. Not the persuasiveness of your buddy. It's got to be God's Word. And if if it's according to His Word, then we are walking in the light. So do we have to be perfect to walk in the light? No. How do we walk in the light? The Bible in, in, second, in 1 John chapter 2, he says that 
Well, if you, don't, if you hate your brother, then you walk in darkness. But if you love him, then you walk in the light. It's not difficult to walk in the light. It's loving his word, honoring him, keeping his commandments. Ephesians 5 and 8 says, For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. We are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. So I encourage you just to walk as children of the light. Expose darkness. Allow God to expose wickedness, sin within our own lives, and to get it out. And to encourage each other to walk in the light. So thank you for your attention. Let's, uh, if, so if you haven't been baptized into Christ, then you can't walk in the light. Because we're not light in, our, in and of ourselves. If you want to walk in a newness of life, as described in Romans chapter 6, that we are buried with him in baptism, and we rise again to walk in newness of life. Not only that, but we just as he resurrected, we are resurrected to a, a completely new being, and we can walk in the light. And we have not just that, but we have that that protection of the light that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So on one hand, we don't have to be perfect to please God, to honor him, to walk in the light. On the other hand, we don't have license to sin. Paul addressed that in Romans 6 as well. He said, should we continue in sin that grace may abound because of this forgiveness? God forbid. It's right in the middle. That's where God wants us on this. He wants us to be according to his word. So if you haven't obeyed the gospel and you have knowledge of it and understand it, I encourage you to obey it. Uh, you can come forward on the front pews. Um, if you've examined your heart this morning as we talked about walking in the light and you see sin creeping in, you know, I assume that the prodigal son didn't just instantly wake up one morning and thought, oh, you know, I think I'll leave today. Somebody lied to him. Right? Something lied to him and told him that there was something better out there than what his father offered. Something lied to him and he bought it. If you have bought the lie that there's more light outside of God's word, that's what we're here for as a church. To walk together in the light. So that's why this invitation is given. If you need the prayers of the church or if you want to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that's why we offer the invitation. So let's stand and let's have it. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.